Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hi, I'm Alyssa Milano, and this is Sorry Not Sorry. Congressman Jimmy Gomez has been representing California's 34th congressional district since 2017. He's recently introduced legislation calling for the expulsion of Marjorie Taylor Greene, the QAnon embracing congresswoman from Georgia who has expressed support for executing members of Congress. We just finished with our meeting here at the White House this afternoon. In a series of likes and in a series of a kind of Facebook comments, she appears to essentially promote violence against Democratic leaders, against House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Hillary Clinton, former President Barack Obama. Violent riots and insurrection in our streets every single day. And I've had it. Now, remember, I told you that there was an email that came out of the WikiLeaks emails that flat out said, Cheryl Moles said to Hillary Clinton, I'm going to sacrifice a chicken in my backyard to Moloch. There is an Islamic invasion into our government offices right now. What I'm concerned about is the Republican leadership in the House of Representatives who is willing to overlook, ignore uh, those uh, statements. Hi, I'm Congressman Jimmy Gomez, and I represent Los Angeles, California. I'm working to expel Marjorie Taylor Greene from Congress. Sorry, not sorry. Congressman Gomez, you have introduced a bill to expel Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Tell us why. I introduced this bill because I believe Marjorie Taylor Greene is a direct threat to every single member in the House of Representatives. She has issued direct threats to members before she ever got elected. And I think that that threat continues. She comes to the House, she claims, to the House office building with guns. She tries to go around the metal detectors to the House floor and skirting the rules. Wait a minute. She comes every day with guns? She has claimed that she has guns in her office, which is allowed in the House of Representatives, is that a member can bring a gun to their office. There's members that have guns in their offices. I heard of AR-15s, handguns, all sorts of different things. They can bring it here, and we're not searched. You've been here as the security we go around metal detectors to get into the building. But ever since Marjorie Taylor Greene helps incite that insurrection, other new members of Congress that said that they're going to try to bring guns onto the floor, they put in place metal detectors. And they, as in the Rules Committee, Speaker Pelosi, but the Republican members have been going around the metal detectors so that they wouldn't be searched. One guy, actually, I forgot what member it was, but he set off the alarm and tried to hand his handgun off to somebody else. 
Thursday, it was Maryland's lone Republican Congressman Andy Harris who was stopped and then returned a gun he was carrying to his office, according to witnesses who spoke to reporters. Harris's office issued a statement saying he never confirms whether he nor anyone he's with are carrying a firearm for self-defense. A lot of the Republicans have guns in their offices, and right now, if they go around the metal detector on the floor, they can bring it onto the House floor, which is against the rules, by the way. I have so many questions. It's crazy. I first want to ask, do you think that this is now just what the Republican Party is? Let's say we expel Marjorie. I'm not even going to call her Congresswoman Green, but let's say we expel Marjorie. Is it going to be like playing whack-a-mole where they're going to continue to get elected? I mean, how do we get them out? It just feels like this issue is so much bigger than just this one person. This issue is bigger than just one person. This issue is about politics in our country. It's about who should be serving and who shouldn't. She represents a wing of the Republican Party that is built on conspiracy theories, that's built on hate, that's built on anti-Semitism. She represents that wing. And right now, that wing is starting to dominate the Republican Party. Kevin McCarthy says he's going to have a conversation with her, but doesn't want to call her to task. They're afraid to take them on. And if they're not willing to take them on, Democrats in the House have to. And I think that we can't stop. We have to keep going. If they're no longer in office, but they're still in the political discourse of this country, we have to continue going after them. It's dangerous to assume that it's going to go away. I will say this. I underestimated that faction of the Republican Party, the faction that stormed the Capitol on January 6th. I underestimated them. And I think it would be not living up to our oath if we continue to underestimate that faction within the Republican Party. Well, and it's almost impossible to not see them now for exactly who they are and what they believe in. Generations of Black and Hispanic men, do you want to know what holds them down? Gangs. Being in gangs and dealing drugs is what holds them down. The lack of education is what hold, holds them down. That's, that's not a, a white person thing, but gangs control them. They, they tell them, they tell the young men in their communities, don't go to school. Don't you, no, don't you, don't you move out of this out of this project. Don't you move out of this community. You join this gang. And that's where you belong. You belong with us. The gangs are holding them back. It's not white people. It's it's crazy. I've obviously been to the Capitol and I've been on the Hill lobbying for many different issues. And I remember security always being not as tight as I would have thought. But for a member of Congress, I need to know in your heart Just break it down for me. What is it like to go to work every single day in a building with a person who has indicated support for executing Democrats, people from the Democratic Party, people like you? We're more aware of that now. I think maybe it was wrong for a lot of members where we had a false sense of security in the Capitol, in the House office buildings. And we always assumed our colleagues that they were never going to do anything to harm us. January 6th shattered that false sense of security. See, all of us together, when we rise up, we can end all of this. We can end it. We can do it peacefully. We can. I hope it doesn't have to, we don't have to do it the other way. I hope not. But we should feel like we will if we have to, because we are the American people. And now I have to be more aware 
and trying to keep myself away and keep distance from members that I just don't trust. Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of the members I don't trust. There's others, but nowadays, especially with everybody wearing face masks, it makes it a little bit more difficult. But it's definitely a new time, a new era in Congress where we have to look over our shoulders when it comes to even our own colleagues. I think Pelosi was right. The enemy is within. I think that's completely correct. Congressman, how naive were we not to think that they were capable of the insurrection when they were posting online on places like 4chan and on social media that January 6th was going to be something major? Did we just not take it seriously? How did it get so bad that there was such a lapse in judgment? I think a few things. One, you have people who are just spouting ideas and saying they could do X, Y, and Z that's so out there, right? Some folks were saying it could be 1776 all over again. It sounds insane, right? It sounds like, yeah, yeah, that's just hyperbole. But that proved to be real, right? They literally believed that. And we were underestimating their belief in the fact that the election got stolen, the fact that they saw themselves as real patriots. We really underestimated all of that because we thought they were just being crazy, we're kooky, that they're a fringe. And they proved on January 6th that they're no fringe in the Republican Party. Friends, I've got a question for you. How do you get avid gun owners and people that support the Second Amendment to give up their guns and go along with anti-gun legislation? How do you do that? Maybe you accomplish that by performing a mass shooting into a crowd that is very likely to be conservative, very likely to vote Republican, very likely to be Trump supporters, very likely to be pro-Second Amendment, and very likely to own guns. You make them scared, you make them victims, and you change their mindset, and then possibly you can pass anti-gun legislation. Is that what happened in Las Vegas? Is that why um, the country music festival was targeted? Because those would be the people would be the ones that we would relate to? Are they trying to terrorize our mindset and change our minds on the Second Amendment? Is that what's going on here? I have a lot of questions about that. I don't believe Stephen Paddock was a lone wolf. I don't believe that he pulled this off all by himself. And I know most of you don't either. So I am really wondering if there is a, there's a bigger motive there. And does it have to do with the Second Amendment? Because what's the best way to control the people? You have to take away their guns. They're a big part of their base that has a lot of influence. And that's why you don't see Kevin McCarthy or any of their leadership calling Marjorie Taylor Greene or these other new members to task. That's why I think they're actually scared of them. Speaker, I am against the impeachment effort by the Democrats. President Trump has held over 600 rallies in the last four years. None of them included assaulting police destroying businesses or burning down cities. Democrats have spent all this time endorsing and enabling violent riots that left billions in property damage and 47 dead across the United States. Democrats are on record supporting violence when it serves their cause, in their own words, on social media, on interviews, and on fundraising platforms at Blue. Democrats support defunding the police when it's someone else's city, someone else's home, and someone else's business. Democrats will take away everyone's guns just as long as they have guards with guns. 
Democrats' impeachment of President Trump today has now set the standard that, sh- that they should be removed for their support of violence against the American people. I yield back. Thank you. Well, the Republican Party does step in line really well, right? We're not as good at that and the Democratic side because we are such a diverse group of people, but the Republicans just step in line. It doesn't matter how outrageous it is. They're just like, oh, that's who we are now. Okay, let's be that. How do you think we got here? This level of hate in America, it isn't new, but having it actually in Congress, it feels new. How did we get here? We got here in a variety of ways, like I said, not really recognizing the threat that was there and excusing it, saying, oh, they're just crazy. They're never going to get elected. And they proved us wrong, first from Donald Trump getting elected. Actually, step even further back, when people were attacking Obama and saying he wasn't born in this country, that he was a Muslim, it was that a lot of us, including myself, okay, those people are on the fringe. They don't represent a good chunk of the American people. Don't worry about them. Everybody will always vote the same way, but they attack Obama time and time and time again. And when you repeat a lie enough times, people start to believe it, right? And that's what happened. And that's how you ended up getting the Tea Party after Obama got elected. And then you got Donald Trump. When everybody thought, oh, he can't get elected, there's no way. having a moment when Hillary Clinton was running for office and they were so vile that it felt like it was becoming something that was much more than just a fringe. I mean, Pizzagate, for the love of God. So she has to run for Senate, right? So she runs for Senate in New York City. Okay. So she becomes Senator um, in New York City. And yes, I could dive into... uh, Kennedy getting killed in the plane crash because isn't it interesting that he had announced he was going to run for Senate just before he died in a mysterious plane crash. But anyway, so that's another one of those um, Clinton murders, right? They think that liberals are pedophiles that eat babies to stay youthful looking. They really believe that. So my question is, this is so absurd, all of it. People can look at it and say this is absurd and this is just the fringe right or the right of the right. I want to know what Republicans are doing about it. Do you have any allies in the Republican Party? I don't know. There's those 10 that voted to impeach Donald Trump. Remember, he was somebody that was going out of office, right? He was in the last days. So they might be somebody that believes in that, but it still takes a lot of political courage, right? Because these Republicans in the House might be getting taken on by a QAnon believer or a right winger in their primary, right? And they might lose. But you know what? They're stepping up. You got to give them some credit for doing that, at least those 10, because they're willing to step up and call Donald Trump out. Now we got to get them to take on this faction of the Republican Party that is very dangerous, that peddles in these conspiracy theories, because we can't let up, right? To assume that they're going to go away, to assume that they're going to get better or they're going to say they don't believe it is a fantasy. We got to see them as a real threat and that they're going to continue along these tracks. I hope there's more Republicans, but I get glimmers, but 
We need a lot of political courage on their side. The House of Representatives voted to strip Georgia Congresswoman and QAnon devotee Marjorie Taylor Greene from her committee posts. But the other story here is that 199 Republicans voted to back Greene despite a recent past that includes physical threats against other members of Congress, including the Speaker. It's funny because as you and I are talking right now, and, you know, I've known you for a while, I've never seen you search for words to describe anything that you're feeling. And I feel like because there's probably not a vocabulary yet for, like, how to define any of this chaos. And I'm doing it, too. Like, I don't even know. Is it a cult? I don't know what words to use in describing this. And my concern is always, obviously, and this was my same concern with not holding Trump accountable is what does it say about us as a nation when there are no consequences for these bad actors in government? You're absolutely correct. There has to be consequences. But at the same time, I don't want us to get to a point where we're saying there's no Republicans we can work with. I mean, there's very few, but we need to break apart the Republican Party, like push out the fanatics. And there's still like very conservative folks, right? The people that are anti-abortion, that don't believe in marriage equality. There's still going to be those folks. But there's some folks like Marjorie Taylor Greene that believe in the pedophiles. She just repeated that, saying that there is a list of anti-Trump pedophiles on her Twitter just yesterday. So that shows that she still adheres to the belief of QAnon, that there are some pedophiles in the Democratic Party and they're the ones that are controlling everything. When Q signs off, he puts three little crosses in a row, three little crosses, and that's how he signed off. Now he signed off with three crosses in a row, um, on November 6th, and within a matter of minutes, President Trump, in his tweet right after that, on November 6th, he put, uh, it was seven minutes later, Trump put three little crosses on his tweet. And it, it was not, it, it was... It was just more than a coincidence. Let's go on the record right now. All pedophilia is horrible. Anyone who is a pedophile needs to be locked away forever. They have not infiltrated the Democratic Party. They are not part of Hollywood or the elite or the liberals or anything. Talk us through the process of expulsion. I want to know how it works and what needs to happen for your resolution to pass. So right now, to expel somebody, it's a two-thirds vote. So it's a high threshold. You would have to get a lot of Republicans. But if you introduce a resolution to expel, you can do it as a way that it's called a privileged resolution, that everything else stops and there has to be a vote or something on it. They can move to table. Leadership is usually the ones who do move to table, which kills it. Refer to a committee, which keeps it alive or take up a vote right then and there. So the privileged resolution gives a, a lot of power. But I want a vote on the floor, on the record, that she should be expelled or not, up or down. That is my goal, because I do believe that the Republicans need to be held accountable. They need to be on record. Do you support somebody who has incited violence? They signed it. They swore in on the Korean Oh, we have the Bible. We're going to talk about swearing in on the oaths, how to swear in on the Bible with them and let them know what our law says, that you can't swear in on the Quran. So we're going to, we're going to explain that. You know, we're going to explain about how you can't swear in on the Quran, and we're going to have the Bible and ask them if they would swear in on the Bible, that we really need we them. We have the oath. Yeah, we have the oath, yep. 
So I think no, that's important. The sad thing is, now you're, you're infringing on our religion. Which they you should you're, not you're be infringing on our religion yes. by saying that we can't swear in the Quran. But when they swore in, it wasn't a law yet, right? At the time they swore in. I don't know. I think at the time they swore in, that wasn't passed. Because it wouldn't have been passed in a Republican control. Yeah, so it was passed after they swore in. So they're not really official, I don't think. So let's go ask them to swear in in the Bible. Because like you said, Will, I'm... It has to be the Holy Bible? Yeah, it has to be the Bible. Well, the bottom line is Sharia yeah. yeah. law is not compatible with, with America. Yep. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. How can you say you represent women, but you support Sharia law? Get them all on record. And that's what I'm trying to do is get everybody on record as well as Democrats. And I think Democrats are going to vote for it. But this is not a simple rezo as in like naming a post office or anything like that. This is spelling somebody from Congress, which is a big, big deal. And at the same time, a lot of her supporters believe in political violence, right? They believe that they should take violence as a means to an end to turn over an election. So members are nervous. It's a tricky situation, right? Because she was elected and we just elected a president who they thought stole the election. And yet we use the term the will of the people. So even though she should 100 percent be expelled, it is a tricky thing to message and shape the narrative in a way to really make people understand. So will you just take a second to explain to not only everybody, but to the voters in her district who elected her unopposed, I should add, so they had really no other choice. But just explain to people why she is so dangerous that the person they elected should be removed. It's because she's using rhetoric to incite people for political gain on a variety of issues. David, why are you supporting the red flag laws? If there had been, if Scott Peterson, the resource officer at Parkland, had done his job, then Nicholas Cruz wouldn't have killed anybody in your high school, or at least protected them. Why are you supporting red flag gun laws that attack our Second Amendment rights? And why are you using kids to get to, as a barrier? Do you not know how to defend your stance? So I'm walking. He's got nothing to say. Sad. He has nothing to say because there really isn't anything to say, you guys. He has nothing to say because he's paid to do this. Guess what? I'm a gun owner. I'm an American citizen. And I have nothing but this guy with his George Soros funding and his major liberal funding has got everything. I want you to think about that. That's where we are. And he's a coward. He can't say one word because he can't defend his stance. And that she is there to not really to fight for them to get better health care, housing, or even to be left alone. She's there to use lies and falsehoods to get elected to Congress, but also to move her own personal agenda. She's not there for her district. Yes, they elected her, but also at the same time, Congress as a body has a right to determine its own membership in the end. If somebody is so outside the mainstream of civil discourse, you can actually take the steps to remove them. And it's been done in the past, right? Just because you're an elected official doesn't mean you can do anything you want and say anything you want under the guise of political free speech. She's taken it to a whole new level. She's dangerous on a variety of fronts, but more so to the members who are currently serving in office. And I tell this to people, the mob and the insurrections that attacked the Capitol 
they weren't just going after Pelosi and Schumer. They're chanting, hang Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence. They don't see any bounds between Republicans and, and Democrats. Eventually, they're going to turn on their own Republican Party. So if they're Republican, I would tell them to think twice about who they support. Well, and that goes for people in Congress, too. I mean, she's not going to stand by if the mob of people that she incited to show up and try to assassinate Vice President Pence. She's certainly not going to stand by Republicans in Congress. Do you think that there are enough Republicans with the integrity to vote her out or to expel her? Not yet. And that's why we want to have these conversations and still have these talk to people about who she is and what she believes. She believed in the Satan-worshipping pedophiles that were in the deep state that were controlling government and that Donald Trump was the only one that's going to be able to save the country. Then she believed that the forest fires up in Northern California, that it was a Jewish space laser that set those fires off. In a post recently unearthed by Media Matters, Green theorized a laser beam from space started the deadly 2018 California wildfire. Not just any laser beam from space, but one controlled by wealthy Jewish bankers who wanted to clear land in order to make way for a high-speed rail project. That's right, Congresswoman Green seems to believe that wealthy Jewish bankers have a secret space laser that can immolate essentially any target on Earth. For those of you keeping score, this means that Green traffics in anti-Semitism in addition to racism, Islamophobia, and xenophobia. She thought Parkland was a hoax. 9-11 was uh, staged, but she It's endless. It. It's endless. For anyone who does not know what we're talking about, please do a little bit of research on this person. This is not about politics. It's about who gets to represent constituents, gets to represent the people in her district, gets to have a vote in the laws that we pass. And here's the deal. And the thing that scares me is that Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's not alone in this party. Right. I mean, you look at Jim Jordan's campaign was a major contributor to her campaign. Lauren Boebert is there. Andy Harris tried to carry a gun into the House floor. Paul Gosser is a complete and total nightmare. There's Ted Cruz, who I've tried to reason with. There's Hawley in the Senate and the list goes on and on and on. So my concern is, is that we're not going to be able to root this cancer out of the GOP. Your thoughts? We won't be, but doing nothing is worse. Not trying to expel her just says that we're okay with it. Not holding them accountable across the board says that it's okay in our democracy to use violence as a way to justify the ends. It's something that we have to continuously push back on. It's going to be very difficult, but that doesn't mean that we stop. I think that there is still a fight for the soul of this country. It didn't end with Joe Biden getting elected. It ends when we can drive out or marginalize or put into a corner this faction of individuals who believe in conspiracies, but also just believe in division and hate and political violence. 
So my goal is not to like, even with the expulsion of Marjorie Taylor Greene is not to stop, it's to continue. And I do think it's something that's extremely serious. And it is tied to white supremacy. It is tied to the extremist factions within American society. Let me just throw this out here. And you guys, I'm I'm ripping the duct tape off of political correctness today because I've, I've had it. I'm just done with it. So I'm going to say this to all you social justice warriors, um, white people who voted for Barack Obama. You're really the racist because here's what I've heard from many of you that you all voted for Barack Obama, white people, white people, Democrat voters, voted for Barack Obama because you felt like it was time for America to have a black president. Well, let me say, let me say this. That makes you the most racist people in this country because you voted for someone based on their skin color, which is what racism is. It's how you treat someone, hire someone, fire someone, talk about someone, make decisions and feelings about someone based on their skin color. And that makes all of you white people who think you're so above everyone else, that makes you actually the biggest racist there is. It was Donald Trump's presidency allowed them to grow because they were so focused on dangers that weren't there. For me, this is just the beginning, not the end. Marjorie, expelling her is one step when it comes to driving the extreme elements of our country to the margins. Congressman, how are you doing? I'm doing um, a lot better. After the insurrection, I got stuck in the gallery. And that kind of, for about a week, almost two weeks, I was dealing with some of the trauma from that moment. Not sleeping. I was tired. I was really agitated. I was really agitated to an extent where I had to think to myself, like, why am I so agitated? And I Googled and um, PTSD, and it said that it was hyper arousal. Like after you experience trauma, people seem more agitated for a period of time. And just understanding that there was trauma in that situation allowed me to take the time to decompress. But Congress, there's never a time off. You know, we're 24-7. Did they make trauma experts available to you to help cope? They did. The Congressional Hispanic Caucus and somebody from the Veterans Affairs, some experts regarding PTSD, and they did a briefing. And then the members who were trapped in the gallery where those members were sending text messages to their loved ones and calling them, almost saying their final goodbyes, that group really had it worse, in my opinion, than the people on the floor because they got out right away. And we're on a text thread kind of um, being supportive and just sharing what we're experiencing. And we also have another trauma specialist with them. So people are doing a lot better. Some people were not impacted whatsoever. Other people were more so and still struggling with it. I can finally talk about it without getting too emotional about it. But it took a couple of weeks to really kind of let it run its course. You think of so many people in Congress who have put themselves in harm's way and have had to deal with such incredible trauma. And I would hope that despite party lines, that there is some sort of understanding or camaraderie between the members. But do you believe that members of Congress help the attackers? I don't know. I've heard that. I do believe that there were those members like Margie Taylor Greene and Ted Cruz and Josh Hurley who really instigated and incited that mob, right? They fed into the lie. And here's the thing. The lie was repeated to them so much that those people believed that the election was stolen and that the only way that they could get their country back is by overturning it. Imagine being told somebody killed your parents over and over and over and over again. Well, after a while, if you haven't seen your parents in a while and you haven't heard from them, you're going to start believing that they actually killed your parents. 
So what are you going to do about it, right? They believed this lie so wholeheartedly, so like to their core, that they viewed everything that they were doing as correct. And they believed that they were playing a role in this second revolution. So those folks played a major role. And then you have the people, the question is, did they give them intel? But we had witnessed 9-11, right? We had witnessed 9-11, uh, the terrorist attack um, in New York and the plane that uh, crashed in Pennsylvania and the so-called plane that crashed into the Pentagon. It's odd, there's never any evidence shown for a plane in the Pentagon. But anyways, I won't, I'm not gonna dive into the 9-11 conspiracy. Who knows, I guess they're gonna investigate that. Did they really give them a tour? Other members swore by the fact that they saw them giving tours to people, MAGA supporters and these folks that attended a rally. Time will tell. I mean, here's the thing. The one thing about technology, you can see every text message that was sent. You can see who pinged who. You can see, like, no matter if- And you, there's, camera, there's cameras everywhere. Correct. So we'll find out if members on the Republican side help them or not one way or the other. But that's something that we need to find that out. We can't be here and trust these folks that they're going to be giving away our intel or giving away locations of members or helping other groups. So yeah, right now, everybody's eyeing each other with a lot of suspicion, but we got to find that out one way or the other. Well, I have one more question for you, and I really appreciate your time, Congressman. And as always, if there's anything that I can ever do to help, you know, I'm all in, I believe in you, and I believe in the goodness of what our country could be. But finally, in the middle of all of this hate and violence and everything that we've gone through as a nation in the last four years, five years, I want to know what gives you hope. I still have believe that there's a lot of opportunity in this country. I think back my own personal story, and I'm a son of immigrants, parents worked four or five jobs to make ends meet. And because I was born here and I was able to go to school here, I was able to change my life. I went to UCLA, I went to Harvard University, I became a member of Congress. And there's still those examples out there all the time from people across the political spectrum. And it still is that place if we allow ourselves to not be divided by our differences or see each other as enemies, we can continue to construct a country where every possibility exists for everyone. But right now, our country is going through this transition. And this transition is, is we've seen it occur in different places. In California, it happened first, right? Right now, we're almost a majority minority state, and it will continue to grow. Other states are also following suit. And I think that's part of the tension that's out there, that there's some folks who believe that the United States would always stay the same from their childhood or from the 50s or the way their grandparents experienced this. But it's changing. My hope is that the American people will learn from the changes that are occurring and not let those changes get them down. I still think about just the people who I'm working for, my district, who are going to work every single day that are trying to take care of their families, the students that are trying to get ahead. I remember what they're doing. It's interesting. What I experienced the past month doesn't say give up. It says keep moving forward. It's time to redouble our efforts. I know that we have an enemy on one side and one part of our country that doesn't represent the entirety of our country. That enemy and those individuals should be rooted out and that it should be finally stopped once and for all. And if we don't deal with it now, it's only going to get worse. But I feel like it's something that we will win. It's just a matter of time. Well, you give me hope. Thank you, Congressman. Thank you. Fred, good to see you again. Uh, just your reaction. 
to Marjorie Taylor Greene and the role she's playing in Congress? Well, she doesn't belong there. Um, she is a depraved person who ran for Congress on a lie. And, and I heard the prior reporting. I think the reason she won her district by so much is she actually was unopposed. So there were actually people who voted for anybody but her. Um, but she's depraved. And she has called Parkland a lie, Sandy Hook a lie, um, Las Vegas a lie, and 9-11 a lie. And when you watch the video of her chasing David and the other kids down, not only is she harassing them, and keep in mind, Andrea, this woman is probably somewhere close to 50 years of age, and she's chasing children. And not only is she harassing them, she's telling them outright, I have a gun. She's telling them that. And we now know she's made comments about people taking bullets in the head. My, my, my feeling about her is this. Kevin McCarthy, when you're done having drinks and cake with the bully in Palm Beach, you need to come back to Palm Beach and you need to remove her. She has no place in Congress. She won. She, she ran a race on a lie. She's there. It's now your job to get her out. Representing the people means more than getting elected. It requires intellect, empathy, integrity, patriotism, and just a basic connection to and a belief in reality. Green has none of those things. She is an embarrassment not only to her district, but to the nation. And she is a danger to the institutions of American government. Some of the people I love the most in this world lost loved ones in mass shootings. Some of those were school shootings. A person who believes that school shootings are myths has no place in Congress. She especially has no place on the Education Committee. But this problem goes beyond Marjorie Taylor Greene. It is a disease in the center of the Republican Party, who so far has seen fit to do nothing about one of their own supporting the execution of Speaker Pelosi, President Obama, and Hillary Clinton. They are cowards, intent on deepening the divide in America, and Kevin McCarthy needs to take immediate action. The first step to healing, the first step to rejecting the violence and hatred and evil embodied in Marjorie Taylor Greene would be to expel her from Congress. The only thing she is fit to serve is time in a federal prison. Sorry Not Sorry is executive produced by Alyssa Milano. That's me. Our associate producer is Ben Jackson. Editing and engineering by Natasha Jacobs. And music by Josh Cook, Alicia Eagle, and Milo Bugliari. That's my boy. Please subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and spread the word. Sorry, not sorry.